If Mashiach knocked on your door right now and said, Hey, we're going home. Are you ready? What would your answer be? How is that connected to my daily faith? What does Zionism have to do with Mashiach? When I pray for Zion, what does that have to do with the Zionist movement? On this podcast, we will attempt to answer these questions and, of course, many more. Feel free to submit any thoughts, comments, questions that you may have about Zionism, life, Israel, Mashiach, all of the above. Join us for this amazing journey of bringing Mashiach home. Okay, so this week I want to talk a little bit more in depth about Rav Teichtel, uh, Zatzal, Rav Yisachar Shlomo Teichtel. And I think the, one of the reasons why I want to talk about him is because it's really amazing to see someone who made such a drastic change of mind and was so open about that change of mind. Generally, when people make, you know, when change their minds, you know, they admit their mistake cautiously, making sure no one's listening. But Rav Yisachar Teichtel, as he's known, was one of the great rabbis in Hungary. And his, actually his student, Rav Eliezer, Rav Eliezer Shapiro, was actually the Munkachereba, who was a huge anti-Zionist. And he was, the Munkachereba was one, one of the people that put out the sefer called Tikkun Olam, Tikkun Olam, which we'll actually talk about a little bit later. Um, that sefer was printed in Munkach in 1936, three years before the Second World War broke out. And that sefer, Tikkun Olam, is a, um, just a collection of letters and writings of different rabbis and different uh, rebbes, admorim, right, against uh, Zionism, against uh, Chiloni Zionism, religious Zionism, all the same. Zionism is bad, it's bad for the people. There's letters from, you know, Rav Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, all the way to the the Rebbe's in Europe at the time. And what's amazing is, is that Rav Yisachar Teichtel is actually a part of this Sefer. He wrote a mimer, which we'll look at, in 1936, and he wrote this against Zionism. And he made it into the book, because he was a Chashavarav. And, you know, it, it's very, very clear about his thought process. And maybe we'll, we'll pull that up just for a moment where Rav Teichtel, you know, he, um, he mom, I, I can't make this up. He writes, I, I don't know if this is him, but it's right before his letter. He says, Ole Palestina, right? The Olim, those who make Aliyah to Palestine at the time. Mitamim Eretz Yisrael Ukdushasa. They are actually impurifying Eretz Yisrael and its holiness. Shum Peula Enoshit Umeflaga Umefalga Lotoy Legulasa. No human action or uh or or even a half of it, I think. Umepalga, right? Even a half of that will not help the the redemption kihuze yeah daf hayomi lo l'shem shamayim atrasat zionim vaagudim oizvim atar vemunasa migdolim shvaaguda moidim umisoninim beafsedasa. Basically, he's saying that there is just nothing 
that the Jewish people can do in uh, from their own from you know from from what they can do in order to bring the geula and we just have to stop thinking that we have any influence here so i mean these are very 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 powerful words and again i'm quoting from him that this is in 1936 when Rav Teichtel wrote in the Sefer Tikkun Olam. He wrote, "Be'emes kol ma'ase upeula enoshiut enoshiut lo yoil meuma leharamat keren zion virushaim." It will not help anything to you know raising the bar, raising the keren of Zion and Yerushaim. Ad until when will? The redemption happened. Until Hashem looks down from Shemaim. Until HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks down from above and, and bestows upon us the, the purity and the holiness from Shemaim to give us the light that exists in Again, it's a whole long letter, but, it, you know, he really goes, he's eminently against this idea that the Jewish people could have anything to do with, um, uh, you know, with the, the, the process of Geula. And he's, his mom is signed at the end of the letter, um, Yisachar Shlomo Teichtel. This happens in 1936. Now, what's, you know, a few years later, and we know that Hungary, anyone who knows a little bit of history, we all know that Hungarian Jews were one of the last uh, to be brought to Auschwitz, one of the last to be liquidated, and... Uh, so much so that they were so confident that they would get saved that it's told that they arrived to Auschwitz in their fur coats because they really, till the last second, they were able to hold, you know, they held on to everything that they owned and they really believed that they were not going to be killed. Um, so he understood, Rav Teichtel understood that while this tragedy was going on in Hungary, he realized that Everything about his mindset, about his, you know, letter, everything that he said was completely false. And he started talking about this mistake that he made. And he said, because of our, you know, feeling that we have to be against Zionism and Aliyah, we are suffering tremendously. And that's when he wrote the Sefer Im Abanim Semecha that we mentioned in the first episode where we talked about the story of the Gabai, right? Of the, you know, the person who woke the people up for Slichos. It wasn't a big tzaddik, so no one wanted to wake up. Um, or not even, you know, not even a, barely a Shomer Shabbos. Um, this Sefer, Ema Banusmecha, is printed in Budapest in 1943. And the Nazis... Um, Occupy Hungary in 1944, in March of 1944. And only in May, I believe, uh, of 1944, do they start sending the Jews, to the Hungarian Jews, to Auschwitz. Um, until and This lasts until mid-July, or the beginning of July. And unfortunately, close to half a million of Hungarian Jews are liquidated and murdered in Auschwitz during those few months in 1944 where it's really almost the end. Um, so 
Rav, you know, that's just sorry, you know, a little bit about uh, Hungarian Jews. But Rav Techtel really writes in his Sefer, Amabanam Smecha, and, and I mean, again, we could spend hours and hours just learning the Sefer, and you know, you could look even at the at the Haskamos that he has in the beginning, uh, at the letters from the rabbis that he received, and it's really, really amazing. He dedicates the entire Sefer to the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, and literally the exact opposite from what he said um, in in the other Sefer of Tikkun Olam, where we cannot do anything, and he literally writes all about how we need to be doing more, and we need to be Mekayim, the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. Um, so that's just a regular achas. Like, we have to understand that things have changed, right? There's no, there's no way to say, like, oh, you know what? It's just the same. We have to hold on. And every single person, it doesn't matter how Haredi you want to call them, how yeshivish they are, everyone agrees that education today is very, very different by every sense of the word than it was, you know, a hundred years ago. So I don't think, I mean, you know, maybe a few small groups of hardcore extremists that say, no, no, we have to hold on. But most people are ready at this point. They realize that things have changed. And if if a Talmud Torah or a Cheder, if you want to call it a Cheder, in Eretz Yisrael at, you know, 25, 30 years ago wouldn't learn anything but Torah and Gemara, now they're already learning, you know, they're definitely learning math. Some of them are learning uh, sciences and so on. And it, it's, it's more, it, it's really happening more and more. So everyone agrees that change is happening and change happens and the question is how slowly should the change happen and what are we trying to hold on to for the you know the longest like what's the priorities in terms of change so that's really a question that i believe rev techtel is is coming to answer but when we when we kind of think of his image and think of what he brought into the world of Zionism, which is someone who made such a big transformation and came came over from the dark side, as some may say, or uh, others may say he joined the dark side. Um, literally, in the opening statements of his Sefer, after he has a bunch of Agdamas, a bunch of Askamas, and he writes, Torah ve'eretz Yisrael bedibur echa nemru ve'hem trei re'in delo misparshin. Torah and Eretz Yisrael were said as one dibur, and they are two, um, they are like two lovers who are never separated. This is the same person who wrote that we have nothing to do with this. Right, the the shorish of Yerusha, the shorish of inheritance. The same word, Hare, says Rav Techtel, And there is no such thing as a separation between Torah and Eretz Yisrael. There is no such thing that we can say, Oh, no, no, no. It's only about uh, Torah, learning Torah, and Eretz Yisrael comes when Mashiach comes. No! Says Rav Techtel, it's Egzei Roshava, 
of Morasha, Morasha, this, this is an inheritance, so to the Torah is an inheritance, and we have to give just as much of an importance, of a focus in our life to Torah and as to Eretz Yisrael. And that's the point, is that it's on the same level. It's not that Eretz Yisrael is just another prat, another detail in learning Torah, no! Just like we know our life is all predicated and established upon the Torah, like we know the Zohar says, Yistakel Be'oraita Ubara Alma, Kadosh Baruch Hu looked into the Torah and through the prism of the Torah created the universe, so too on the same level is Eretz Yisrael, where the entire world is based upon Eretz Yisrael. We all know, right? Eretz Yisrael, Gvoa Mikola Aratos. It doesn't just mean, the Gemara says, right? Eretz Yisrael is higher than every single uh, land. It doesn't just mean physically. Obviously, it means spiritually. It means on, it's on a whole different level, similar to the level of the Torah. So, Yiratzim Shenizke, to understand really the significance of Eretz Yisrael and how it plays a huge role in our life and in our Torah. We should be Zeichen.